When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Brought to you by North Memorial Health, where customers are treated like family. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. Just like your family treats you, find your health family at NorthMemorial.com slash family. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. <laughs> It's Purple Daily. Okay, welcome in to Purple Daily. Matthew Collar, Alex Boone for two hours. We've got buy or sells coming up in about 20 minutes. We have hot routes. It is back. Judd Zolgad will be in. Yes, hot routes. Um, I want to start in a very broad place with the Don't show for you, uh, no, but I, I need to. This is where we need to begin. We need to begin with a, bro- a very broad question for you, Alex. Mm-hmm. How you feeling about this? Vikings, Eagles, I was out there today, and I really got no sense for how the locker room was feeling about this game. Uh, you know, Adam Thielen dealing with an illness today. I'm sure he'll be fine by Sunday. There's not huge injuries to talk about. Josh Klein wasn't practicing today. That's... Certainly a concern because I think he's been pretty good and Dakota Dozier has not uh, when trying to fill in. So true. But uh, when we talk about in in the bigger sense here, the Philadelphia Eagles are an extremely, extremely talented team. But I'm having a really tough time figuring out as we get closer and closer, watching the film, looking at the numbers, all those things, which direction I think this is going to go. Last week was easy for me. I was like, Giants. Yeah. They're so bad. Like a rookie quarterback against the Zimmer defense and all this talent's just not going to happen. But this week I'm having trouble with it. Like is it the Kirk big game? Is it the Eagles D-line? Is it the US Bank Stadium advantage? I don't know. I can't figure this one out. What if I told you I thought it might be Philly's offensive line? I mean, when you watch this team play, uh, Carson Wentz for as much as he's been hurt in the past, he stands back there like he's got all day. Yeah, he, definitely. He doesn't, he doesn't care what's around him. He's like, dude, I trust these guys with my life. Like I've never really seen him panic in the pocket. Now there's times, yeah, you feel it collapse a little bit. You start to run around, you know, all willy nilly, and it is what it is. But when you're looking at these games, this guy's sitting back there, and his offensive line is so underrated. And you watch this run game with Jordan Howard and the passing game that you could have with just your running backs and tight ends alone. I, I'm with you. I think there's a lot that we need to talk about today. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what you want to break down today. All right. Well, let's let me start there then. Let's let's start okay. making the case. Let's start okay. making the cases for each team. Here we go. Let's let's start with making the case for Philly winning this game, and then talk about what that would mean, and then we'll make the case for the Vikings. 
I would start with, well, okay, you're, you're picking the offensive line to start with. I'd pick the defensive line. Fletcher Cox is maybe the second or third best player at his position in the NFL. Uh, we saw Grady Jarrett, who is not in Fletcher Cox's not ballpark. Close. No, not I don't think Hey, so. by the way, do you think Atlanta thinks that they overpaid for him? Do you think that they're like, dude, really? I really? think that they they probably have bigger problems than what they paid for <laughs> no, Grady no, no, Jarrett. They don't believe me. The problem's going to be these guys aren't producing. Yeah, that's yeah. why your record is the way it is, and they're going to look right back at him like, dude, we just signed you. And I also You're supposed to do something. I, I can't help but also think about like Dan Quinn and oh, that defensive strategy phenomenal and phenomenal coach. Yeah, going back and looking at that, what, their game plan against the Texans was just baffling. Like, let's leave everyone else in one-on-one coverage wide open, except for DeAndre Hopkins. Like. Yeah. Uh, you know they have other football players, right? Unbelievable. Uh, that was that was very bizarre. Yeah. But but anyway, so Fle- Fletcher Fletcher Cox is among the elite players in the NFL. Brandon yeah. Graham has given this team all sorts of problems. Derek mm-hmm. Barnett's a great player. Like they have all sorts of talent on that defensive Tons of dudes. line. Vinny Curry, right, right. And if you're picking out one thing that can just wreck Kirk Cousins, it's when there's penetration from four guys. And, yeah. and if you're making the case for the Eagles, I think it starts there. Well, yeah. The, to me, I'm curious to see how how aggressive they think they're going to have to be because you look at some of their games, right? And they got dudes everywhere. I mean, I'm trying to do it from a back end zone. I'm looking at everybody like, all right, say we were just in a simple two jet. Where are you going? Like, there's a lot of ways you could go with this, but you say, hey, listen, I'm sure that Jim Schwartz is like, guys, we don't need to dial up everything this week. Like these guys, we're just going to twist the hell out of them. We're going to twist them so much they're not going to know which way we're going, but they're not going to know it's coming. And when you look at it. You wonder, too, are they going to walk somebody up over the, the, the center, or are they just going to put Fletcher Cox over the center and say, have at it, big boy? Yeah, like, yeah. What do you – because then you don't really get a lot of help. That was always the worst, sliding down to a zero nose, because you never knew if the center was really going to be aggressive with him or if the center saw something to the left or right of him that he had to move faster, so you have to slide down faster. The timing was always off, and I would always try to practice that because it, it's so hard when a guy is zeroed up on the center and the center snaps the ball – if he's by himself, it's dude, you're on your own. I'm sorry. You got to do what you got to do. But if I'm coming with you, that was when it gets hard because you're like, how much is he going to give me? Do I have to keep coming down? Because if I go down too far, well, then Fletcher Cox is just going to loop right outside, and then I'm really screwed. I mean, there are so many things that this defensive coordinator could do to really mess with these guys without even having to bring pressure. And, and I was having this thought the other day after watching the Giants' defense, and just the gap in this world between the good defenses and the bad defenses is maybe bigger than it's ever been. And that could be because of you know offensive innovation and things like that. But the, when they've played the Packers, when they played the Bears, those teams seem to know how to handle uh, an offensive line that was struggling, for one, but also the play actions, the boots, the things that are... Uh, just fundamental to the Vikings offense, it seemed like the Packers and Bears were just one step ahead of them for a lot of that game and then caused so many problems up front that you could see, even though Philly can't cover anybody, um, them just causing so many problems up front with their pass rush that the Vikings can't do what they want to do. Well, why not use that to your advantage, right? So say you're out there on third down, and you look up. I'm Kirk Cousins. I look up, and I see, say you just see four guys for right now. We'll make it super simple. I see two on the right, and I see two on the left. And these dudes are pinning their ears back, right? Like, I know that they're going to just be gunning upfield. Why not call a trap? Why not call a wham? Why not call something that's in your wheelhouse? Mm -hmm. Hey, Dalvin, I'm just going to hand you the ball and you run that way. These guys are all going to run past you. You could run a crunch out of it. There's so many fun things to run because the defense, you, you don't, 
they're just back there like, hey, guys, we just got to get to this guy. We just got to rattle him a little bit, and the rest of the day is ours because we're just going to keep doing it the whole day. Like We don't even have to get to him, but if we do, that's an added bonus. And now all of a sudden the offense is saying, we're going to take that. We're going to use it exactly against you. We're going to give it to our best player. We're going to give it to Dalvin. We're going to let him show you why you shouldn't be doing that and why your pass rush is going to slow down the rest of the day for the O-line. So I think part of the argument, if you are making the case for the Eagles, is that they are one of the best in the NFL against the run. And Number one, yes. Yeah, I mean, that that's pretty tough. I mean, the, the way that they went against the Bears, the Bears, I think, were third in yards per carry against yeah. when, when they faced them, and they were able to slow down this rushing game. And it's been really interesting to me to see how the different teams approached um, the run game. I mean, it seemed like Chicago put all of their emphasis on stopping it. So even when they ran right. play actions, there were men open downfield that Kirk never got to because he was feeling the pressure all day and on the right. road and everything else like that. Um, I feel like at home he's going to be a little more secure in running those and maybe not rushing through his progressions as much as he did. Um, but I, I wonder if Philadelphia will say we're going to shut down the passing game first or we're going to try and shut down Delvin Cook first and make them beat us with the pass. Because I think if you're the Vikings, in a lot of ways, you kind of want them to say, yeah, we're going to shut down Delvin. Because that's how you can drive, I think, bigger plays is through the air to Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs on those play actions. I don't I don't know if that's the way to go. I don't know I don't know if you don't want to get the heartbeat of this whole team going. I mean, I think that when you're looking at Dalvin, he's so much more than just the running back on the offense. This guy to me is everything this team wants to be. He is exactly the identity that they want to be. Our team summed up in one human right there, Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. If we don't get him started, how are the other 52 guys supposed to get going? You can't just expect them to go all like, okay, guys, we're ready to go, right? Now, that doesn't happen. When you're a run-first team, your running back sense the tempo. Because if I, if I turn on this game and I see a three-step or a five-step the first play, I'm going to lose it. I really am. Because <laughs> really, I was always a big believer, and I know there are a lot of other guys in the league and a lot of D-linemen that were the same way, that they took a lot into what was the first play, right? If I'm a D-lineman and they come downhill right now and smack me in the mouth, well, I know I'm in, I'm in for the day. Yeah. Like, hey, that was play one. Wait till play two comes. That's going to be even more fun. Now, when you throw it the first play, you let them just pin their ears back, and they go, okay, here we go. Let's give them the best of what we got. Let's show them what they're in for all day. It's just the total mindset of how you go into the game. So I think you say, hey, listen, it's okay if they shut down the run game because, you know, their, their passing defense isn't that good. No, 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 no. It's more than that. It's the whole team. you got to get the ball running. I think what what I'm getting at is that you want the Eagles to put their focus on Delvin because the explosive plays, more often than not, not that he can't break a 75-yarder, he definitely can, but more often than not that are going to put up big points are, like we saw last week, a 41-yard throw to Adam Thielen. You can uh, move the ball down the field quicker, create explosive plays. It's just sort of you know obvious. You average right. more yards per pass attempt than you do for run play. And if they're focused on Delvin, the Eagles are, if that's their whole thing, is we're going to try and shut down Delvin. Very few people can do it, for one. It's, it's not right. easy to do for a whole game without him breaking out a big run here or there. But that also allows you to say, okay, now we're going to have open space in that secondary, if they're bringing down Malcolm Jenkins and he's going to play in the box, and, and if they're trying uh, to put all their efforts into pursuing him when they show that outside zone look, and then you can bootleg off of that and things like right. that. The Packers, I thought it was very interesting. They basically said, you know what? Beat us with Delvin Cook, and to some extent, uh, in a lot of ways, he did. And nearly right. won that game, and they should have handed off to him at the end. But 
Kirk Cousins went something like 14 for 32 passing, and a lot of that was them focusing on, you know what, if you run against us and beat us that way, go ahead, but we're going to shut down those big pass plays, and they largely did that. I, I wonder which way the Eagles will swing, because their secondary isn't good, so are they going to say, well, let's take away their best player and then make Kirk Cousins beat us and beat our front four, or are they going to say, you know what, if we get beat on the ground, then we get beat on the ground? Because I think the analytics would probably lean toward letting a team try to beat you with running, which right. the Eagles are a very analytical Political team, and so even right. if sometimes you you don't like a decision on fourth and one or whatever else, you'll see Doug Peterson do it because that's sort of the way the numbers point that team. Right. I think that if you are the Eagles, you sit there and you say, if we're going to get beat, they're going to beat us in our play action because we do fear Dalvin enough that our linebackers are going to step up. And if we do yeah. get somebody behind those linebackers, dude, it's going to be a long day for them. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's your wheelhouse. Hey, listen, where are we going to most affect them? Well, they're going to expect us to run the ball 40 times. Okay. So maybe we run it 30 and we just up our play action a little bit more. I've always been a big believer that if you are a run first team, you should play action on third down. If it's not third and eight more, Dude, play action. Because at the same time, you could just run a zone. If you're a run-first team, your running back's good for four or five yards every play. I mean, if it's third and four, you know they're just going to go into a nickel, right? 11 front. They're going to yep. hand it off yep. from gun. They're going to get their five yards. All right, now put two tight ends there and put your quarterback under center. There's your passing play, right? They don't know what's going on. Hey, dude, what is going on? I don't know, but Dalvin's out here, and they could be running it. You know, we got to put base out. Now you run your start to run your play actions. Their linebackers are not spectacular. This is not the Cowboys. I'm not like, oh, my God, these guys can cover and go crazy, and they're yep. just insane. These guys are going to suck right up because they are, you're exactly right. And now that you've phrased it where I get what you're saying, their number one mentality is going to be, we got to stop Dalvin. Yeah, yeah. Because we can naturally pass rush them. We don't have to go get an exotic front against these guys. There's a good chance they're going to be a backup at right guard. You got Elfin still in there and you got a rookie center. If you look at their defenses, he is one of these guys that he'll put everybody on one side of the line. Right, and mm-hmm. then he'll put one defensive end right on the. Say, will you have three guys, three defensive linemen over the you know right tackle, right guard, and the right shoulder of the center. So the whole line has to slide right, except for the left tackle, and that's where they put like Barnett or Graham. Yeah, and that's basically like, dude, guess what? No matter what you guys call, you have to slide to the right. Like you're you're not going to leave those three guys over there alone because they're going to twist you, and then they're going to make life hell for you, and they're going to get their sack over there. So when you slide. The guard, center, guard, and a tackle to the right, dude, your left tackle's one-on-one. And it's just like, that's their field day. They're like, dude, this is easy for us. This isn't even trying to scheme you yet. And they're so good with the stunts and the, and the twists. Yes. I mean, I, I was oh. watching back the 10 sacks that the Eagles got against the Jets. And the Jets don't have much different of an offensive line than the Vikings no. do, by the way. But they, you know, Luke Maybe Falk. even a, maybe even a little, uh, I'm not going to say, oh, okay, uh, yeah. I think where where the Vikings have them is they at least have one competent tackle. I'm you not sure that I, the Jets have one. I was going to give them a Zimmer compliment, but I wasn't even going to do that. That's well, really what's that? No, that's not even nice. Oh, I can't okay. do that. Right. Um, so I, but I, I have one of the plays just in front of me, how Fletcher Cox was, instead of kind of pushing toward the quarterback, just driving his guy kind of straight up the field, which allowed yeah. somebody else to have a lane there to sack Luke Falk. And what they can do with four-man rushes is truly remarkable. And, I, and, and, that, and that's the argument for the Eagles, is look, any team that's had a great front against the Minnesota Vikings just goes to work because right. they can't block anyone, and Kirk Cousins is not the type of quarterback to pull it down, extend a play, and then find someone downfield. When Aaron Rodgers 
performed pretty well and went over 400 yards despite being washed against the Eagles, a lot of those plays were him having to roll out and move and kind of show a little old-school Aaron Rodgers against them. That's something that Kirk Cousins just can't really do. No, and if you watch that game too, you'll notice there's a lot of plays where Aaron Rodgers is stepping up in the pocket. Like they were did a real, they tried to do as best they could to contain him in that game. And you can see a rush is way different against Aaron Rodgers as opposed to Kirk Cousins. Like when you rush Aaron Rodgers, you're like, guys, keep him in the pocket. We yeah. want him to be as uncomfortable as possible. Like you're like, wait, no, wouldn't, wouldn't that make him comfortable? Like this guy running around, he can just do things. Like he's Harry Potter. It's fun to watch. <laughs> Kirk Cousins is the opposite. So what do you tell your D line that day, dude? Wreak havoc. Do whatever you want. And for the O-line, that's why I asked you, did you ask them if they're going to get off the ball this week? Because as long as you get off the ball and you know the snap count and you are out of your stance, you give yourself a 50% better chance, I swear to God, of picking up stunts. It's I'm, it's an effort thing, and that's why I get mad about not picking up TEs. Is is part of that with Riley Reef that he's just like... So slow. Yes. yes. I mean, not only that, but there's not... I was going to say kick. dinged up for his basically entire yeah. last couple of no, years, listen, but slow is a part of it. I know what it's like. If people call you slow, you're like, yeah, okay, I'm getting slow. I'm getting old. Leave me alone. But he is <laughs> slow. And he, he doesn't even kick anymore. He just turns right out of his stance. And the problem is when you play a Brandon Graham who's got his nose three inches from the ground and two hands there, and he's just full go the entire game. If you give him a sniff, he's going to keep coming for you. Like He's like he's one of these guys. I remember playing him a couple times. And he's going to start jawing. And if you jaw back, he'll kind of slow down. Like, he'll be like, you know what? All right, maybe I don't. Because you'll be like, listen, dude, I'm just going to cut you. You come over here, I'm going to – one of those knees is mine. Which one you want it to be? He's like, you know what? I don't want this guy. This guy's crazy. But if you let him get into your mind and you let him play games with you and you let him even think he can beat you, those are the guys that keep coming all like, dude, I, gotta, I, got, I can't let you beat me. And he's just going to keep humming all day. It's insane. Him against Brian O'Neill could be a pretty interesting battle because Fun. he's lower to the ground. Where Brian yeah. O'Neill, his great thing is that he's six foot six, six foot seven, length. and has got yes. the length and the athleticism and everything else. But I feel like where Brandon Graham is a major problem for everyone is that he's kind of a bowling ball for the position. Normally, those guys are taller, but in a way, it's like Everson Griffin, where he's just smaller and more compact. And that's a little bit of a different matchup for for Brian O'Neill, and, and I think that could really wreak some havoc for the Vikings off of. Bowling. Both of those sides, uh, and then in the middle too. I mean, I just, their, their offensive line Dude. really has no chance against this Eagles defensive line. Well, no, no, except except no it, well, except unless they get the ball out quickly. Yeah, that's going to be their biggest friend. Like, don't let's not try to be too creative. Let's not do the double reverse like Green Bay did with the fumble. Like, you're just <laughs> yeah. you're doing too much, right? Like, you're officially throwing everything out there when you could just say, "Hey, listen, we're not even going to play fake this week." Get the ball, get the ball out of your hands. Don't let these guys get started. Let's let's get the ball out of our hands. Let's move the ball. Let's wear on them a little bit. Not only that, I'm sitting here today like, dude, you better be running trucks and wax all day. Their secondary's beat up. Get old Lyman on them. Have Brian O'Neill go out there a couple times on the corner and see how many times that corner wants to make that tackle. Yeah, yeah. get him in space, right? Dude, get, get all these guys fun. in space. That's and where they're at their best. To your point about... Everson and Brandon Graham. I mean, I don't know if you kind of maybe insulted Ev a little bit because Brandon Graham is really short, like shockingly short. And Brian O'Neill is definitely in for a treat because when you play guys like that, they're so quick to get the hands in the face call, right? Like if you go anywhere near them, because the ref automatically looks at the discrepancy, right? And he's like, all right, this guy's really long and this guy's really short. This is not going to end well for the long guy. I mean, he's not going to be able to get down there low enough to hit him. So that's when you got to be really smart with your hands, but you still have to be extremely physical with Brandon Graham because if you're not, he's going to start to be physical with you.
Graham's listing at 6'2 is probably a little healthy for him, isn't it? 5'8. Yeah. I'm saying 5'8, <laughs> and that is five, being eight. generous. Um, Everson is 6'3, so Graham's listed at 6'2. So you, you know what I mean? He's not 6'7. I uh, want to so see him after the game. Job. I hope they shake hands here. We can see. So we can see right next yes, to each other? I yeah. want to see okay. these two shake hands. Um, let's continue to make the case on both sides for this. Um, the okay. defensive line is certainly a big part of it, but let's talk about the quarterback matchup as well as we make the case for the Eagles, but then also we'll make the case for the Vikings as we go forward. And then uh, we'll push it back a little bit. We'll do buying ourselves at the end of the, um, at the end of the hour. What do you want to do right. it next? We're making the yeah. cases here. I was all. Oh, you're right. You know, we're in the middle, so I just, you know, I'm, I get excited. Okay. I know, I know you do. But we got hot routes coming. I oh, mean, dude, this is going to be. It's going to be lots of football still coming. All right, uh, Alex Boone, Matthew Collar, Purple Daily. We'll be right back here on Score North. North Memorial Health has over 400 care providers. That's right, more than 400 care providers and more than 6,000 team members that are dedicated to keeping you healthy. North Memorial Health is proud to partner with the Minnesota Vikings as they work to make Minnesota the healthiest in the league. They're more than a team at North Memorial Health. They're your family. At North Memorial Health, customers are treated like family. Your health family is more than a tagline. It's a commitment to delivering unmatched customer service. That means a big smile when you walk in the door. That means making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. It means asking, what else can we do for you? North Memorial Health will treat you like family in a good way. The people at North Memorial Health will team up with you to help you achieve your best health. So step up your health care game today and find your health family at northmemorial.com slash family. Once again, that's northmemorial.com slash family. He's still kind of learning his, his way around, and he's not playing at the same speed he did in college. Just... He just needs to get a little more acclimated with the playbook, but ran a good route on that play. Ball's out. Picked up by the Vikings. Joseph. Can he win this long foot race? Linval Joseph. No flags. Touchdown, Minnesota. I don't want to call it the greatest moment in sports history, but it was. I think it was. Linval Joseph returning a touchdown 63 yards, putting on the sunglasses, getting the oxygen mask. Uh, how much joy does it bring you, Alex Boone, when you see an offensive or defensive lineman score a touchdown? Never joy with a defensive lineman. Uh, no. <laughs> but, okay, uh, fair enough. <laughs> clearly not either with the offensive. I mean, if, they, if we're touching the ball, there's something wrong. Something went wrong. My, my wife would always say that to me. Don't you want to score once? I would never. I never want to touch What if it was a ever. fumble and you picked it never. up? Never. I never mm. want to have to fall on I want you to do that for me, okay? We'll go celebrate together after. All right, fine. Uh, there was I was watching an old game once between the Jets and Dolphins, I think, and Jumbo Elliott caught a touchdown. Remember Jumbo Elliott? Big, massive offensive lineman from... Oh, no. I, okay. I know why you wouldn't like Jumbo Elliott, because he's from Michigan. But, oh, maybe that's why I don't know. Yeah, he's... <laughs> He was, a, but he was a great offensive lineman, and he they threw him a I'm touchdown sure. in like a big situation. It was great. Anyway, all right, fine. You're a buzzkill. Uh, let's talk about making the case for the Eagles, making the case for the Vikings at the quarterback position. I think it's a pretty big mismatch here with Carson Wentz just being at this point in his career significantly better than Kirk Cousins. And if you're talking about which player can handle a pass rush, a great defensive line going up against him. Yeah. It's just not even close here because Carson Wentz is a great athlete with all sorts of weapons. 
You know what it is, dude? He's tough. Like, he's a tough quarterback. Like, you're watching this last week's game, and I remember, like, a guy came in, and he just, like, stared at this dude and, like, ducked at the last second. The guy falls over, and he just throws his pass downfield. He's a tough quarterback. And you're looking at it, you're like, man, that guy is grizzled. Like, I would I would love to block for a guy like that, a guy that could take a few hits. I mean, I played with a few guys that could take some hits. Now, I think Carson's taking his fair share, but, I mean, he looks really good in that offense. Like, he, he looks like he's the quarterback that you would want to run that RPO-style offense. Like, he's quick with the ball. It comes out of his hands fast. He makes his decisions fast. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to use his offensive line. And I remember earlier in the summer... I was having a conversation with a guy, um, and I can't remember who it was, but we were talking about what we thought would be best for Carson Wentz. And he thought that staying in the pocket would be good for Carson. And I thought that keeping him on the move would be good because I thought, you know what, I still wasn't sold on his offensive line. I thought that left guard position was still a little bit like, I don't know, and Jason Peters getting older. But him in that pocket, man, he is comfortable there, and he looks really good. So I might have been wrong when I said keeping him on the move is the way to go. I think he could do everything. The, yeah. He can stay in the pocket. The touchdown he threw against the Packers was great, where it was just like take a step, fire a bullet, right, perfect yeah. accuracy for a touchdown, and he's got the tight ends who are open all the time. He's got people who can go downfield. Elshon Jeffrey, a great player down the field, and then a running game that has a threat, too, now. And so I think he's got a lot around him that helps, but where I really like his game is, let's say it's third and nine or something, and then okay. some Everson Griffin pins the ears back, beats his man. That's not an automatic sack. That's not an automatic no. punt. It, it's this guy could make a great play. He can dodge a tackle. He can break a tackle. He's humongous, like six foot six, but he's also a great athlete. And then he can make a throw on the run. So he just has this ability to make a special play that I think all the great quarterbacks in the NFL can do to just keep the sticks moving, or or, or even just not. Not make a not make a big mistake that's going to put you in third and twenty or yeah. something else like that. That he has kind of that special ability to bail you out even when other things go wrong. Yeah, I mean his his ability, his strength to me as a quarterback, and his arm strength, his ability to run the ball, to take a hit, to deliver a hit, everything about him. He's just a tough quarterback. I don't know when you watch him, and maybe this is just me thinking like way before my prime, but he, does he remind you of maybe like a young John Elway? Like just the way he kind of, when he does run around with that ball and he can throw it with such like strength. And I mean, there are very few quarterbacks, I think, that when they're on the move have good accuracy. I think Kirk Cousins is one of the best. Like He's one of those guys that I feel like should always be on the move to keep him. That's why they love the bootlegs with him. Right, and that's why I said keep doing it. Do more. Do everything you can because that's what he likes. But for me, when you're watching like a, a Carson Wentz, when you watch him throw those balls on the run, like he makes it look so easy, and you're like, dude, that's such a hard throw to make. Yeah, and the Elway thing, just a guy that is huge and a great athlete with a big yeah. arm that, that doesn't have to have have like a solid platform to throw the ball with and can kind of change his arm angles if he needs to. There's a lot of really great things that Carson Wentz can do. And I think the the difference between whether he goes on to be a consistent pro bowler or not, um, I don't know about, you know, Hall of Fame, we'll see, but is just whether he stays healthy for his career. Because so far he hasn't been able to do that, in part because he is often escaping the pocket, like he'll lower his head and dive for a first down or something like that. (laughs) But it makes him... But if you're on his team, right, you're like, that's... It's not great that he gets hurt, but it's great that he's got yeah. that level of toughness and that ability to make plays. And I think against this Vikings defense, the quarterbacks who have beaten them in the past, a lot of times, that's what it takes. Is It's very Second difficult windows. to, to yeah. pick them apart. And uh, I was noticing something. I want your take on this, uh, yeah. Alex, because part of the... 
I, I guess if you're making the case for the Vikings, we could turn over to that direction, is they lead the NFL best in terms of yards per completion against. So they're not giving up throws down the field very often. Right. And that is one of the things that makes Philly great, is they could throw down the field to their tight ends. Uh, they could throw down the field to their receivers if they want to. When they beat the Vikings in the NFC Championship, it was big plays that they hit on. And uh, this defense just does not give those up. So wh- why is that, that Zimmer's defense just does not give up uh, big Discipline. plays, it seems? Discipline. And not only that, but how many who many, how many guys are standing back there for five seconds without getting their head taken oh, off? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, there's so many factors that go into that, right? Like, if you do have five seconds back there, the discipline on that defense is so incredible. Now, I think there are some mismatches, especially this week. Like, when you're talking about, like, an Anthony Barr and coverage, I mean, this is the team where their running backs are like, hey, listen, if you can't catch, you can't play here. I'm sorry. That's just the way we roll. Yeah. So... But when you're talking about the big plays, you're not going to beat Harry down the field. You're not going to see those guys like, oh, man, I totally blew my coverage. Like that, Those are the safeties for a reason. And in a Zimmer defense, you are not allowed to mess up because he hates the big plays, as all D coordinators would. Like, dude, just keep them in front of you. It was that easy, guys. You just couldn't do that one thing. Like, it's incredible sometimes how you see guys run right through a cover two defense. You're like, wow, split that. Like, no, nobody saw him running there. Okay, cool. <laughs> That well, never happens on a Zimmer defense. I think it's a interesting stat that Carson Wentz is sixth best in the league in terms of snap to release, in terms of his uh, getting rid of the ball quickly. Quick. Yeah, Gorgeous. and that is uh, an advantage for yeah. the Eagles. I mean, we saw Chase Daniels do it, where he was able to hold on to the ball for a long time with their offense, killing a lot of clock, just taking the snap, getting rid of it quick into his playmaker's hands. I think that's what Philly's probably going to try and do here. Yeah, I don't see, don't get me wrong. Every game you have your shots and your coach will always let you know before the game, listen, this is when we're going to take our shot, right? Like we're going to we're going to wear on him. We're going to hand it off to Jordan Howard, and then we're going to throw it to him and then we're going to, you know, get Goddard down the seam and then we're going to run it over here and then all of a sudden, hey, listen, that's when we're going to take our shot. And we got to be calculating because this D-line is good. These linebackers are not going to sniff on anything that they don't truly believe in, so the play action really has to be hitting. And that's you know what? That's the one thing that, as an offensive lineman, and I'm glad I get to say this now because I used to hate this. If you want to sell the play action, you have to really sell the run. And sometimes that's you being asked to like sell a zone by yourself. right? So you're like, hey, listen, uh, the big block's going to be here on the guard who's going to have to block this uh, Aaron Donald by himself. No big deal. <laughs> the ball's going to be out quick. But you're looking, and sometimes, you know, because I give these old lines a lot of slack, right? Like I, I cut into them hard. But there are some positions at times where I'm like, man, I would not want to be that guy. Like Fletcher <laughs> Cox, when you got to get him yeah. by yourself, like, hey, we really need to sell the run. So there is no pass block. You are full into him and don't let go, okay? You're like, what? Don't let go. <laughs> they said the ball was going to be out. Well, if it's not, it will be. It should be, right? Oh, God, I hope so. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You just never felt comfortable yes. with that stuff. But, you know, when you talk about it, you, those are the tough plays, man. you got to make them. And you're looking at this team, and I, I don't see – the Eagles coming in here and just – they don't have Deshaun Jackson. They're not going to be taking the top off the safeties. You know, that Everything's going to have to be in front of them. Yeah, no, and, and I think that that's a, a huge benefit that the Vikings have or something that they're really, really good at is keeping everything in front of them. The pass rush, of course, if there's anyone who can penetrate the Eagles' offensive line, it's this team, it's the home field advantage as well. The, how big of an advantage is U.S. Bank Stadium? Because I've covered many games there, and I see teams do things that I don't think they would ever do in any other week yeah. and make mistakes that they would never make otherwise, but they do there because it just seems to have an intimidation factor 
For sure. In it, you're like, hey, listen, we're going to go play in a stadium like a dome. You're like, okay, it's going to be loud. You're like, no, dude, this is different, right? This is like Seattle loud. This is Kansas City loud. And those are outdoor stadiums, but they like pump in noise. We all know they do. We can't cheat them anymore. Like, it's just true. You come to play to U.S. Bank Stadium, it's incredible. Like, it is. I've seen teams do some of the dumbest things where you're like, there's no way. I mean, look at the Minneapolis miracle. The yes, guy completely yeah. missed a tackle. Like, that's your one job on prevent defense to make a tackle. You missed it. Like, you're the safety. You don't do things like, like the, the fans. You threw and, yourself out of bounds. It wasn't it was just like, you put your head down and tackle. fell to the ground. Yeah, it was terrible. It, but, looked, it looked like he had money on the Vikings the way that he <laughs> went after that. It's like, whoops, I missed him. <laughs> oh, my God, guys. But I, I think it, and a lot of it has to do with the X Factor, is those doors when they're open, you know, you get that breeze. You normally don't get that breeze sometimes in other places because it's just you feel the air conditioning the whole time. So a lot of times you're like, man, I feel like I'm outside, but I'm really inside. It's really messing with me. I'm looking up. And I'm seeing like stars or the moon. It's it's the whole <laughs> X factor. It's the ambiance. It's the fans that go straight up and down, and they don't bow out like at Michigan Stadium. And that's why everybody beats Michigan at Michigan because they have the worst structure ever. There it is. <laughs> when you <laughs> when you build that stadium up, it feels like people are like coming on top of you. You're like, dude, get off of me. I just feel like everybody's breathing on me, and it's intense. I loved it playing there. It was so fun. Now, explain to me for a road offensive lineman how that Ooh. impacts them, because I think it's a lot. You just see, even the first play against Atlanta, Like, do you, do you think no one was oh, supposed yeah. to block Anthony Barr there, or could that have been a miscommunication? There's a lot of miscommunication. But how do you miscommunicate that? Like, Jake Matthews is like, guy on the end of the line, not mine. Nobody will notice I didn't block him. <laughs> like, even the left guard kicked out farther than he did. He was like, dude, what are you doing? Oh, my God, was I supposed to block him? You're right. It's When you go play on the road, your nerves are already heightened because your coaches have told you all week that it's just us and nobody's coming to save us and we got to do this alone. So you're like, you're super hyped up and you're like, man, I feel the intense pressure. And then you get there and then you hear that like, and it's just <laughs> so loud and it's like, oh, my God, the hair on the back of my neck will not go down it's been 20 minutes it's awesome yeah yeah it's a it's very clearly a great advantage and i would like to mention that the thing i respect always about drew Brees the most is in that playoff game that you mentioned the minneapolis miracle game he got down in that game there was a tip ball interception like everything going wrong for the saints and leads them back to take the lead like think about the the nerve of a quarterback to be able to do that he completed passes on fourth downs with the crowd going absolutely bananas i think carson Wentz is good, but I don't know if anybody um, can handle this place like Drew Brees did. No, but I think that the thing that Doug Peterson's going to know, because he seems to me like he's one of these smarter coaches, he's going to yeah. be like, guys, listen, we know the atmosphere is going to be crazy. We're three and two, they're three and two. We're not idiots, they're not stupid. They know that this game is important. Like, you lose this game and you're going to start to spiral down. Like, it's not going to get any easier. The games are going to get tougher, they're going to mean a lot more. This is a tough game for them, but he has this thing with his team where he can calm him d- them down and mm-hmm. they don't feel like they're rushed or they don't look like they're playing panicked. Now, there's times when they get outplayed and they get beat. Yeah, everybody does. But they don't seem like they're harping on each other. You know, that was the one thing when, when Nick Foles was, it was Nick Foles or Carson Wentz, and I was like, man, I, I bet you they're going to go with Nick Foles, right? Like, here's a guy who can do it in a clutch situation when the pressure's on. Like, that's Doug Peterson. He seems like that guy, right? Like, we all picture the video, what play you want to run? Philly special. Cool. Like, he just was like, <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah, it's the no Super problem. Bowl, right? It's the, it's the game we all want to win with the one play we're all designing. You got it, boss. Like, he just didn't flinch. You know, and you see that as a player, and you're like, you know what? 
This dude's really tough. Like he can handle a lot at once. Yeah, he's the kind of guy I want to play for. He's motivating you. That's why sometimes coaches can neutralize it. I always felt like sometimes Harbaugh in certain places could neutralize their opponent's fans. You know, like he could shut them down by being funny or silly or saying stupid stuff and making us laugh. But when we would go to Seattle, he was just as chaotic as the rest of us. Mm. And it was because he felt like everything was coming down on him. And it was like, dude, when you're chaotic, I'm chaotic. Because you're the boss. And if you're freaking out, I should probably be freaking out too, right? So that's why I've always been a fan of Doug Peterson because he's always like, sure, sounds good to me. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's 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 a great it's a great point. And in this game in particular, there are very few where I say for sure the other team has the coaching advantage. But I would say that for Doug Peterson, I, sure. I think in, the, in this played, game though. they do have the advantage. That's tough because when you're a player, you get it, you get the mentality, you understand it. Like when when you're on one side, the the side that's actually doing all the fighting, and then you go to the other side that just does all the thinking. You're like, dude, I. I did the hardest part. That was uh, this is easy. You you want to run some seam routes, some China routes? All right, sweet. Let's run an Ohio route. Well, they'll never see it coming. I mean, dude, they all know what the routes are. It's how poised are you? What play do you know to call? You know, that those are all the things that make you a great coach. And I think that when you talk about coaches like that, and you know what, if Zim wasn't so red all the time when he was really pissed, you wouldn't know when he was pissed because he always kind of looks like he's mad. But when he gets really mad, he gets really, really red. And <laughs> that's does. when you're like, yes. dude, he's really pissed right <laughs> now. Like, but then the team sees it, right? And they're like, God, who's going to get yelled at? It's not my group. Is it my group? It's probably my group. Oh, we're, we're, we're in so much trouble. you know. And then all of a sudden, the, ga- the, the day just starts chaotic. Yeah. It's not Good. And, and I think that there's uh, the impact from the quarterback as well on the Vikings, where if it's early on and it looks like Cousins is flustered, that oh. everyone can see it on his face. And in Chicago, after about two drives, I think I could have told you which way it was going to go. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, and that's, you know, I was talking to Mike Sando uh, from The Athletic yesterday, who talks to a lot of people around the league, executives and things like that. And he said the most sort of confusing thing that uh, executives see in Cousins is why he can't get people to follow him or play better around him and that sort of thing. I think part of it is just the body language and just how he looks when things go wrong. Is I mean, it, I think it impacts everybody. Dude, you can tell he's not a dude's dude. At the end of the day, we're just a bunch of guys, right? We all want to laugh. We all want to joke. We all want to be funny and have a good time. And, yeah, people get mad because sometimes we have a little too much fun. But you're also asking us to do crazy things. So we have to let out in certain ways, you know? And when everybody's the same and you get each other and you're like, dude, I can be real around him and he's not going to judge me because he's crazy too. <laughs> That's when a team comes together. But when all of a sudden I go, hey, listen, I can't be myself because I don't know how he's going to react, right? He might start thinking I'm crazy. Then he's not going to talk to me and then we're not going to play well. Like, now I got to pretend to be something I'm not around him and that's not what I want to do. But I need him to be cool because if he spasses out, then we're all going to lose. See where I'm going with this? Yeah, absolutely. We've already thought too far down the rabbit hole, right? Like, I just wanted to sit there and tell you a joke and I don't want you to be upset by the joke. But if I think that that's how it's going to go, then, dude. How are we going to get along in a huddle when things are chaotic and everybody's bearing down on us and the head coach is like, what's wrong? And we're like, nothing. Leave us alone. And you're not really talking. And, you know, you have to be one of these guys. And you can tell because the guys will gravitate towards the leaders, right? They'll gravitate towards the natural people that they want to be around. Like, who makes me feel good? Diggs and Thielen were always funny to be around. Those guys, you know, they get it. When your quarterback isn't the guy that everyone's like, man, what's going on? You know, like. Are you guys okay? Is Dal- Who's the leader? Dalvin? Is it Rudy? There's so many question marks about the offense, and it's like, well, I guess we're going to follow Kirk 
down this trail and we're all going to try and help him and like it's kind of like a to me it's like a lot of chiefs and not enough indians you know mm. you have a lot of guys trying to take over and it's sometimes that can be bad because then everybody starts stepping on everybody's toes and then everybody starts trying to do too much and then everyone's like dude it's your fault not mine like i'm just trying to help right you are too oh you are too i didn't know i'm sorry it's kind of like um, when you talk about not being judgmental. Like when I tell you that uh, you know I'm just playing Stratomatic at night, and you're like, "Oh, that's that's a really cool thing to do." I don't judge, <laughs> dude. I you, I text you late at night, and I text you early in the morning, and you're you're not judging me. No, you're, no, that's you're right. Like, that's right. This dude's up early. What is he doing right now? Yeah, there are some texts that I wake up to, and I'm like, "When was this sent?" Yeah, oh, yeah. well, that's all right. Rise and grind, as they dude, say. Day starts at five thirty over here. Really? Wow. Yeah. Is that because uh, of the kids or just you? No, that's just me. Wow, that's too early for me. No, sir. I'm more of a night person. I like to uh, watch the, watch the film late at night. We should watch film one night. I would, I would love, love to, to watch. I would love to see what you watch during a play because it's always funny to find out what everyone's really looking at because you're like, they're like. Well, I guess I don't really watch it. I just follow the ball. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, oh, that's, yeah, well, that's what makes the TV so difficult suck. to figure yeah. out what's going on. At but the end of a game when we were supposed right? to do a podcast to break it down, it's like, well, I think this might have happened. And then you're totally wrong because that's not what happened. So Dude, I'm um, going to come with you to a game next time. We're going to get this right. Absolutely. I would love that. All right, let's take a break. We're going to come back. Uh, Jonathan's got a couple of buy or sells for us. And then we've got hot routes. I know you're excited. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hot routes. We'll be right back here on Purple Daily. Football fans, it's Mackie here for Federated Insurance. You might not know this about me, but I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. I can relate to the roller coaster ride, the never ending sea of problems to solve, the exhilaration of those incremental wins. If you're a business owner, I recommend getting to know Federated, which has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be. You want a company like Federated standing behind your business? Visit FederatedInsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. Jonathan here with the Score North download, brought to you by the 2020 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Minnesota United's first ever MLS playoff match is on Sunday, October 20th, as Minnesota United does battle with the LA Galaxy at Allianz Field. Exclusive pre-sale opportunities are now available before tickets go on sale to the general public tomorrow at 2 p.m. To find out more about exclusive pre-sale opportunities, visit MNUFC.com. If there's a coach out there that's had success against the Vikings defense, it is Doug Peterson, and here's what he had to say when asked about the keys to a or exploiting the Vikings defense. You know, I think I think one, you know, this is a it's an aggressive style of play, meaning the front four guys really really get after the passer, uh, being able to protect Carson not only on first and second down, but he's got an you know a pretty extensive blitz package on third down and, and how he can rush unique ways of rushing the passer on third down. So being able to protect protect Carson, and then I think I think the other key really is is you have to you got to be positive on on your plays have got to be positive on first down, and and so it's an area that we kind of struggled at the beginning of the season. We've gotten better here recently. But staying ahead of those chains, keeping yourself in, in, in second and shorter distances where you're going to get that first down and, and stay on the field. Try to, the best you can, eliminate as many third and long situations against this defense, uh, against his his scheme. And those give you a chance to, to possibly win. And that's been your score on download. Now back to Purple Daily. Thank you, Jonathan. All right, let's uh, get right into it. We've got a couple minutes before the top of the hour here. Buy or sell. We do this every week on Thursday with Alex Boone. So what do you got for us this week, Jonathan? All right, Dalvin Cook is second in rushing this season and has contributed about 41.5% of the Vikings' yards from scrimmage this season. The Eagles are one of the toughest teams to run against in the league. Buy or sell Dalvin Cook and the Vikings can have a good day rushing on Sunday. What is a good day? Give me a number. 
That's, a, that's he's, a serious question, too. He's averaged, what, 100 yards, over 100 yards rushing every game this season. So 100 yards? 100 yards. How much are you going to give Madison? Um. Yeah, he usually gets maybe twenty five. Yeah, around there. Some yards. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna sell that. I'm gonna say he goes under a hundred yards. Not that he could have a bad day, but getting over a hundred against this defense is tough. Mm-hmm. All right. Am I allowed to get really complex for a minute? For you got a couple minutes. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. S- sit back. Ready for this? All right. We're ready. I am going to sell this if they decide that they want to get all fancy and try and run up the middle and show them who's boss. Right. Okay. Don't don't do that. Don't be that team that's like, hey, listen, we're going to come and show you what we are. No, dude, listen, we get it. They're the best, but they're good at keeping the ball when it's between the tackles. If you want to go throw, toss that ball out to the edge, I'm going to buy it all day long because I think that these receivers are going to step up for Dalvin. I think that they know that if Dalvin gets the yards he can get, they'll get the ball that they want, which in turn will get Rudy the ball he wants, and he doesn't have to keep talking about blocking. So if you're going to say, yeah, you're going to put the ball on the edge, I'm buying that. If you say you're going to run the ball between the tackles, I'm going to sell that all day. All right, what else you got? Kirk Cousins probably had one of his best games of the season last week, but it was against a bad Giants team. The Eagles team is good, and they have a winning record, which tends to not do well for Kirk. But their pass defense isn't great, allowing five 100-yard receivers this season already. Buy or sell that the Vikings passing attack can have another good day. Go ahead, Alex. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy that. I think that this defensive back end is hurting. I think that when you talk about a good day, I think you talk about one of your receivers going off, and I think that that's going to be feeling this weekend. Again, I think that they're going to get the ball to him quick, and you know, they're going to play it smarter than they have been. You can't be throwing those deep shots. Don't try and let your old line do something they don't want to do. Get the ball out quickly and let them have fun. I, I'm going to buy that. I agree. I, I think they are going to look at what worked last year against the really vicious defensive line in Philly and say, you know what? John Filippo did some things wrong, but this yeah. he did right against his former team. They had a great day passing with Cousins on quick throws in Philly last year. I think they copy a lot of that and have some success. To me, it's just... What what kind of shootout is this going to be, right? Dude. And uh, we'll we'll give our predictions toward the end. But I mean, I think this Wait. could be one that ends up being really fun. We're doing predictions. Oh, yeah, we, can, we, can, we always no. pick the game. We always pick the game. You know, I hate predictions. I know the that's game. why you got to do it. I hate it. You're going to be Mr. Media now instead of uh, you know an offensive lineman. No, no. No, no. You got to predict stuff and be wrong. Okay. <laughs> I said they're gonna, you know Cousins will prove everyone wrong in Chicago. Show up and prove that he can win against a good team, and that didn't work out. That did not happen. No, it didn't. Despite having a three and two record, five games into the season, the Vikings sit bottom of the NFC North. They have the second highest scoring offense in the division, and also the second lowest points allowed as well. Buy or sell, the Vikings will be fourth in the division at the end of the season. Oh, I'm selling that. I don't think they will. I, I, I if they miss the playoffs. It will be something like nine and seven, and they'll be third because the other two teams are good, or maybe just somebody else in the NFC is a little bit better, and they they miss it and don't win the division. I don't think they're going to finish last. I'm going to go one step further. That if you don't think they are, then who do you think will? I hmm. It could be. It could actually turn out to be Chicago. Uh, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but Chase Daniels nah, was good in one game against the Vikings, but they still scored 16 points and then lost to Oakland, and that makes me that, concerned. That's not fair. That's an UK game. I've played in those games. They suck. Yeah, okay? their grass. It's not even real grass. It's like plastic grass. It is the worst. It is slick. Your cleats have to be long. I hate wearing long cleats. I refuse to do it. I was having a slip and slide fest all day, so mm. I'm not going to count that game. But I'm with you. 
until I just remembered that defense wins championships. So I'm totally just backing out of this <laughs> entire question. Oh, uh, all right. Um, you're right about that. But all the teams have good defenses, it seems. So someone will win the. Uh, someone will be last with a good defense. Um, we'll see how it turns out. All right, let's get hot routes going on next when we come back. I know you have waited quite some time for hot routes, <laughs> Alex, and we've got Judd Zolgad who. It's it's like a Batman signal for him. It's like someone say hot routes, and then he, he just so runs in here. Uh, so that's what we got going on next. You listen to Purple Daily on Score North. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. <laughs> It's Purple Daily. Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Three! Red, red, red! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 Dragon Smoke. It's Hot Rods on Purple Daily. 588! All right, we are back here. Purple Daily, it is time. It's been a little while since we've done Hot Routes. We had too much drama last week, receiver drama, to do Hot Routes. But we've got Zolgad, we've got Alex Boone in here, Jonathan producing as always. Ramp it up, Jonathan. Let's go. Let's get to some Hot Routes, where we look around the league and uh, add our own unique spin to Mm. the day's news story. So let us begin, fellas. Sammy Watkins off to a great start to his season, and then he got hurt again, and he missed the game the other night. I thought that really uh, hurt the Kansas City Chiefs offense. And just a guy who's incredibly talented. I was in Buffalo when they drafted him, and he's always been great, but always been hurt, and he's been dealing with injuries since his very first year. I want you guys to give me a player who you wish hadn't been so injured so they could have maximized their talents in the NFL. Why don't you start, Judd? All right, I'm going to go in the way back machine. I'm going to go to a guy that not only played in the National Football League, but also was an all-star baseball player. Bo Jackson Jackson. and his bad hip, which was absolutely sports-wise tragic because Alex Boone, Mm. how much fun, Mm. how how great was it to see Bo Jackson run over the Boz in the kingdom and right up that tunnel, man? God, he was good. Did you see the 30 for 30 on the Boz when they showed it? Yes. I I got I got cried. Oh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a neck roll if I ever saw one. So yes. we are officially sending yes. Bo Jackson a neck roll forever. But yes, I, I, dude, I'm with you, Bo. Ja- I I was actually given a pair of Bo Jacksons by Jonathan Goodwin, and I cried because I was like, dude, you don't have to do this. He's like, no, I don't want to wear them anymore. I was like, dude, these are amazing. Like, I was Bo. I was the biggest Bo fan ever, just because he played two sports and he was so tough. And dude, he meant business. Yeah, yeah, and uh, if. It works out for him, and he doesn't get that hip injury. Who knows oh, how great he God. could have been. Um, In both sports still, too. Yeah, that's another thing, both of them. Who are, uh, so if you can't go with Bo Jackson, Alex, who are you going with? I have a lot of people. Is that bad? No, like, no, go ahead. There's a lot. Like, number one, Gronkowski. I, was, I, I mean, if Gronk wouldn't have been so hurt in his career, imagine the numbers he would have had. Right? Yeah, it yeah, would have been right, would have been nuts. incredible. I mean, he has incredible numbers now, yep. but imagine if he'd have been like playing at half the games. But not only that, but I, I took it a little bit deeper. I was always kind of like, you know, man, Reggie Bush. I always thought Reggie, like, and I know everybody gives Reggie a lot of love. And Reggie's great, and he was great in college. But I always felt like when he got to the NFL, he never did anything. And I was, you know, he was always kind of hurt and dinged up. And it yep. was like, dude, yep. what, what, what happened to you? <laughs> like, you were the hottest thing, and then all of a sudden the next year he was like done. And it was like, dude, that, what, what just happened? I didn't even see that. It was, I say him, and then there's another guy, Sam Bradford. Yep. 
for sure. I don't, I don't think people remember how big Sam was when he came into the league. I, I was talking to guys that played with him, and they were like, dude, he used to hang clean 350 pounds easily. Like, he was so strong and big. And then he showed us a play one time where he chased down Roman Harper after a fumble on the one. He chased down Roman Harper after 40 <laughs> yards, caught him, and threw him out of bounds. Like, wow. yoked him. He was and an I unreal was like, athlete. He probably could have played, like, in the NHL. I mean, he's a great Sam basketball player. Sam was so mad because of his knees. Because he was like, we were like, no way this actually happened. He walked <laughs> the entire offense down to a room, sat us all down, went into XOs, went back to, like, 2009, was like, hold on. Hold on. It was in the second quarter. <laughs> there was 15 minutes left. I got it. We, we all watched it. It was like, dude, Sam, you were huge. Like, your legs were as big as mine. What were you doing? He was like, dude, before the knees, I was a baller. I was like, wow, incredible. Yeah, so I he's an incredible athlete. Carson Palmer. Now, I say that because I think that Carson is the only player in the NFL that deserved a ring that never got one. And I think mm. had he not torn his ACL in that game, I think that that game goes differently. Against and Pittsburgh, season. yeah. I think that I've I, I played with Justin Smith, so I'm a little biased. He was super pissed about that game. Like He was like, dude, seriously, could not believe that that happened the first play of the game. And, and I think, you know what, man? There's one guy that didn't get it that should have because of an injury. It would definitely be him. What do you got, Jonathan? Mine, my first one was Sam Bradford because mm. just the way you guys talk about, him, the, talk about him and the way his, especially his arm strength, Oh. My other one is Teddy Bridgewater. I yeah, mean, of course. It's not like he's spent the rest of his career injured, but that one injury to end his season and possibly at the time his career, if he had stayed healthy and not gotten injured that season, I, I wonder what would have happened with that season and the rest of his career going forward. Especially he, he never really got to play with the current version yeah. of Thielen and Diggs. He yeah. got to play with the rookie Diggs, who was inactive for the first three games, and Mike Wallace, who didn't seem like a barrel of monkeys to play with. Uh, you know, right? Come on, he was the deep threat. He was the deep threat. The Minnesota Vikings always needed post Randy Moss. Oh man, yeah. that's funny. I, I lo- oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> you got anything else to say about that, Alex? No, I, 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 li- uh, I think the head. Had Teddy not gotten hurt, I 100%, and that's his total captain obvious, I 100% believe that season goes way differently. Oh, absolutely. I I was standing six inches from him when it happened, and you could feel the wind go out of everyone's sails. Like It was like somebody had just died, and everybody was like crying. I was like, dude, what is going on? Like It just... Bad things happened that day, and it never, we've never recovered. And how about some of those throws that he made for the oh. New Orleans Saints this week? Dude, uh, he incredible. Just looks incredible. Um, love him. Mine is Bob Sanders. I loved Bob Sanders. Mm-hmm. Iowa, just, right? Uh, um, did, did he go to Iowa? Safety. He played at Iowa. Yeah. He went to Iowa. Great, he played for the Colts. Yeah. Great, great safety wow. for the Colts. Amazing. All pro playmaker, kind of like a Harrison Smith in a lot of ways, <laughs> and just hurt all the time, right? I mean, he was their superstar. Dude, and he was a- Beast. Always injured, super tough. He'd be getting neck rolls on a weekly basis from us, oh. and uh, some of the hits he could lay at maybe what was he made five nine? He was just a great player. True story. True story. All right, we went to Erie, PA, one time for someone's twenty first birthday. It was our guard. We go up there. Who's in the bar? Bob Sanders. Spent seven hours with him at this bar, and we walked out of there. I meant stumbled out, crawled out. However, we got there, dude. We ended up going to his place, dude. It was so fun. I was like. I idolize you for like my half my life. You are amazing. He was like, "Thanks, man. I really appreciate that." Like he was, 
He was one of the coolest guys I've ever talked to, hung out with, and to get to hang out with him and like have him see, be so cool about it was just incredible. Total, total star moment. For Hall of Famer if he doesn't get hurt as much. Easy, I think. easily, easy. All right, our next hot route. Uh, Seven hours in a bar. Alex oh, dude, Bruce, you're you're my, he caught up you're with me at ten at night. It was late oh, already. Wow. Dude, we were there all day. <laughs> You are my hero. All right. Uh, apparently, the Jaguars owner had a heart to heart with Jalen Ramsey, finding uh, who's been finding reasons not to play. Oh, my girlfriend's having a baby, and my back hurts, and I'm sick, and basically, I'm just not coming to play. Um, but they had a heart to heart. So I, I don't know what's going to happen now if Ramsey's going to come back. But I want you guys to give me someone in football who you would have a heart to heart with. What's it about, and why? Why don't you start, uh, Alex? Who would you have start- a heart to heart with? You know what? I'm, just, I'm glad you asked that because today I'm feeling like Richard Sherman. Like, dude, I'd like to know why you kind of lied about that. Yeah, like, what I was don't, that? I'm going to be honest. And you know I called Cleveland's PR people because I wanted Baker to come on the show. <laughs> I wanted him to have his voice. <laughs> oh, maybe I nobody knows. I love the effort. I, said, I love the effort. I yeah, sent Matt awesome, Collier all the texts from everybody. I sent Pat McAfee, everybody. Trying I was to like, get everyone on the story. Collier, how honest was I with everybody? Like, hey, listen, I'm from Cleveland. I totally agree with Baker on this. I want him to come out and totally just spill the beans. Now, I knew they weren't going to obviously let him come on the show. Yeah. but It was a good try, though. I mean, you want to talk about a guy, and this is my biggest gripe right now, is that like an all-pro player like Richard Sherman could come out and say something, and before anybody has seen anything, they jump on Baker. Yes, yeah, I agree with I you. I will say that I did too a little bit, because like, you were like, remember we talked about it, and you were like, oh no, it's before the game, and I was like, dude, that's, that's kind of messed up, Like, you can't do that. I didn't jump on him like everybody else did, but to come out and say something like that, and then turn around and be like, oh no, I was just kidding. Dude, that is so wrong on so many levels, because now all of a sudden this dude's got those questions to answer, and you totally made this up for whatever reason you did. I, I think that's silly and stupid. I'd have a hard time with him. Jed? I am going to actually, in the name of trying to save a young man's career, tell him what's what. And that is, come on down, Garrett Bradbury, and we're going to talk. You, you, my good friend, are being set up to fail, and it's not your fault. It's not your fault that you're too small. It's not your, your fault that you are a human being being relocated on a Sunday-by-Sunday basis by bigger men who are grown men. I want you to know, Garrett, that you can still have a productive pro career that, that starting in 2020 it will probably become if not easier, at least a little bit for you to play this game and not feel like crap on a weekly basis. He has played five games and probably not come away feeling totally awful only after the Giants game, and I want him to know that he has been, to a large degree, set up to fail and that this isn't all his fault. So you could also just tell him, hey, dude, we're just going to move you to left guard because that guy's gone. I like the end. We've seen this play out before, haven't we, guys? It's revamped, I swear. Also, uh, by the way, Injury Report has Garrett Bradbury on it, not practicing with a shoulder injury. So I don't know who the hell is playing in the offense. Is it? When did that happen? This could be uh, Philly week. Oh, the shoulder. No, I'm just kidding. But I mean, guys look tough. (laughs) That's uh, that would mean Elfline plays center. Klein didn't practice either. Dozer's out there. Brett, oh, no. no, Brett no. Jones. Maybe Brett Jones plays center, Ooh, which might be oh. an upgrade. I don't know. Nothing's an upgrade well, at this point. It's all a downgrade. I, I, I literally think uh, Brett Jones would be an upgrade. From well, no, what I know. He's been. But think about think about that. Yeah, and what that you just said is, is really something. Um, Jonathan, who are you having a heart to heart with? Mine would be Baker Mayfield, but it's not because of this most recent incident. It's just all season long, his play hasn't been good enough for what that offense is. There was a lot of talk in the off season that this offense would be great, and just. 
there's a lot of offensive weapons just going to waste because he's holding on to the ball too long. Just everything's just not going right for Baker Mayfield. And I think just focusing on being a really good quarterback instead of focusing on the outside stuff. Now, I know this last one wasn't because of him, but just in general, let's just focus for a couple weeks on being a really good quarterback and getting things in order with that offense. I, I did think about for mine saying Alberto Riveron, but we've, <laughs> yes, we've, had, we've had quite a few heart-to-hearts just with to him say on Alberto. the show. Yeah, just to say Alberto. Uh, but I'm going to go with Dan Snyder. I, I want to sit down with Dan Snyder Ooh. and say, look, look, Dan, Ooh. you have an historic <laughs> franchise, okay, Daniel? DS. You, you've just you, you have run it into the ground in so many different ways. Allow so many. me, allow me to give you the direction here. Allow me to help you out because you are a clueless man when yeah. it comes to trying to run an NFL franchise, and you just embarrass yourself over and over and over again. Okay, play Dwayne Haskins the rest of the year. He might be a good quarterback. Let's work on getting a coaching staff that that we can like here. Let's work on the culture of this franchise, which seems to be a complete disaster. Daniel, we need to fix this because. That team being as awful as it is all the time just seems like wrong for football. And yet it's become the standard. At one time, they're the standard of excellence in the league, and now they're a joke. 20 years, man. He's owned that team for 20 years. And it's been a joke the whole time. It is awful. Uh, All right, next one. Teddy Bridgewater, as we mentioned, some great throws this last week. Uh, So now they're doing the the soft features on Bridgewater. And uh, apparently he rides a bike to the stadium on game days. That's nice. And he said any fans that want to come ride the bike along with him, they can do that. Classic Teddy. Um, If you guys could arrive at a football game in any way, just any way you dreamed of, what way would you choose, Zolgad? Okay, I'm going to take this question and alter it slightly because I thought I don't really care how I arrive. A car is absolutely fine. But here's what I want to do. I want to arrive on Saturday night. And I want for a noon kickoff a bed set up in the press box <laughs> so that I can roll out of bed and cover the the game. Now I'd bring, let's say, a case of beer as well and drink it while watching sports because they've got all those TVs <laughs> now. So it's, it's marvelous. They've got yeah. how many TVs that I could watch sports on Saturday and get completely schnockered while watching sporting <laughs> events and then stumble into my bed and and somebody could say, "Hey, it's almost kickoff time around noon." I could wake up. Literally roll out of that bed and cover the game. Alex, you uh, did arrive at football games as a player, um, but probably not doing anything cool. So uh, how would you arrive if you were cooler? I mean, we the best way for me was always the yellow bus. I mean, we showed up in the school buses all the time in high school. We were like, we'd get off and we just we were ready to roll. Yeah, yeah. John Gibbons was not messing around. You got off that bus, you were for real. So, but I I I have always wanted to walk through like the tailgating before a game. Oh, but sure. I always, I didn't know if I could handle myself. Like I was always the guy to be like, "Dude, guys, I'll be back in thirty minutes." He's like, "No, no, 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 no." no, It would have been a little dangerous in Philly, uh, from what Judd and I discovered Uh, walking through there. Luckily, we were always in neutral clothes when covering a game. Yeah, people in Philly. Yeah, they're they're dangerous. They're dangerous there. Um, Jonathan. Mine would be either a bullpen cart, but it's not instead of instead like of the it. baseball cap, it's the football helmet, a big Viking helmet, or yeah. just a giant monster truck just to set off a presence. I'd like it. I'm gonna go run along. over smaller cars. Yes, absolutely. I'm gonna go fan man, fan man style. You remember fan man? Yeah, I, it, fan man. The, uh, the there was a guy Ooh, who yeah. would parachute into sporting events. Oh my god! And then get arrested, and yep. he was called <laughs> fan man, and it, I think he. Uh, eventually, like committed suicide or something. It was a very Whoa. strange, d- weird story. But in a boxing famous boxing match, he 
floated down into the ring yes. and then got punched in the face by a bunch of people and was severely that. injured. Remember that? Was so, that a Tyson yeah. fight? I think it was. I think it was a Tyson fight was. in Vegas. And then the Simpsons parodied it with Fan Man saving Homer Simpson from Dredrick Tatum. Of course they did. So I would love to Fan Man into the stadium without the getting punched in the face part. Uh, Dad, who's that? Oh, it's just uh, Collier. He's just showing up for the game. He's coming no to cover there. the game. 30,000 feet all the way down. Got his recorder in his pocket. Crashing through the roof of U.S. Bank Stadium. <laughs> oh, they, they, the door open. I'll just buzz right yeah, in. I'm uh-huh, sure you will. Sure thing. Uh, all right, final one. <laughs> yeah. uh, the uh, Giants are 17-point underdogs to the Patriots this uh, tonight, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, we know New England is not losing this game. A, would you still bet the Giants with that crazy of a line? And also... Would you bet the Patriots to go 16-0? and 0? Alex, why don't you start? I don't want to bet them to go 16-0 and 0 just because I don't. I, I think if they had a year to do it, this would be the year. I mean, obviously, they're, they're, they're primed right now. Belichick's like, listen, guys, one more and I'm gone. I'm out of here. Tom's out of here. We're all out of here. We get this 16-0. and 0. Could you imagine going out 16-0 and 0 after how many, what, 22 years together? Right. How many Super Bowls? Like, you officially went out on top as on top as you could be. And you, you, you did it all, man. So if you were going to bet on it, now is the time to do it. What do you think, Judd? you think they can go 16-0? and 0? Uh, Do I think they can? Yes. Do I, I think that's a good idea? Absolutely not. I think it's unnecessary. I think you, you want to lose at least one, if not two games. You don't oh. want... I, I want Because I, I want no part of going into a Super Bowl. The undefeated season is the most overrated thing. I want to win a championship. It's an unnecessary distraction to have the Super Bowl be the, perf, the perfect season thing. You know what? Let the 72 Dolphins have their little champagne bubbly thing. I want championships. I don't want any any part of of sixteen and oh, it provides unnecessary distraction pressure that I don't Man, want. That is a bizarre take. I don't want it. I've never. I've that always is. said that I don't Strange want sixteen take. and 0. Let's let's lose one. You know what, guys? We're winning. Let's just lose this one. This will be the one we lose. You just have don't one worry. bad. All you need is one bad Sunday, and you and you get upset, and then it's over, and all that talk is gone. This is very grinky. Doesn't want a no hitter like. Yeah, that's right. Like, because he, he didn't want to be interviewed after yeah. the game about a no hit. I'm just. I'm I don't want to have to team. talk about how good we are. I just. I feel like it would ruin my personality. And but by the way, the Patriots will cover tonight. Um, they'll cover that spread. By the way, also yeah, elf sure. elf line on the injury report as well. What? <laughs> oh my God! Are you serious? Everybody, are you not? Ki- everybody, Rudy. Gets hurt. Rudy, we're moving you in. Said you like blocking. You said how much you loved it. You're a guard this week. <laughs> hey, seriously though, Fletcher Cox right now is looking at that injury report like, dude, is this a joke? Are we, gonna, are we going out with three D linemen or four? Oh, Who's going to play where? Um, Bradbury DNP, Klein DNP for a second consecutive day, so I bet he doesn't play. Who the hell is going to play? Klein, very unlikely to play. Now, uh, yeah. Um... <laughs> you got any answers? No. Oh, my no, gosh. Uh, this one says Bradbury's limited. So the one that was just sent out. Oh, did they send so, out a new yeah. one? And, well, now, right. now, now and I've got conflicting reports here from Twitter because I'm not seeing Elfline on this one that they just sent out. So maybe there was some corrections. Oh. Okay, but either way, yeah, Josh Klein doesn't look like he's going to play. Bradbury was limited, so he probably will play. But imagine having a shoulder injury and playing against Fletcher Gock. Good luck with mm. that, my friend. Mm. Um did we get to everyone on that one? Did you? Did you? Go Jonathan down? didn't go yet. Okay, I wouldn't bet on him going sixteen and zero. It's just not likely in today's NFL, and you know they're losing offensive pieces. They're going down to injury, and it's not good for a forty-two-year-old Tom Brady to have to deal with all that. I don't know. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't bet on them. 
going oh. 16 and 0. All right. Uh, I would say that there's a pretty great chance, but there's always that one week, you know, that something goes wrong. And that almost happened to them against Buffalo. Brady had a bad game and Josh Allen had a worse game. Uh, and, and they still came out on top. But uh, I, I would guess that at some point they just come apart a little. I would bet on them still to win the Super Bowl at this moment, which is annoying, but that's just the reality. Their defense is incredible. So. All right. Well, that was Hot Routes. We'll come right back. Let's continue to to talk about the cases here for and against the Vikings on Sunday because I just think that there's a lot to get to, and uh, I don't think we filled out the Vikings case to win on Sunday as much as we could, although with offensive line injuries it becomes a little harder. You're not making any cases. Yeah, 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 that's right. You're making it tougher this week. But but let's talk about their odds as we uh, continue to get closer and closer to this game on Sunday, which is huge for the Vikings against the Eagles. Alex Boone, Judd Zolgad, Matthew Collar will be right back here on Purple Daily. It's been 10 years since we all went on a ride with Brett Favre, and we're doing a deep dive into every aspect of the 2009 Viking season. You can join Sage Rosenfels, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and Ryan Longwell on Minnesota Sports Rewind, the 2009 Vikings edition, on demand right now. Anywhere you find your favorite podcast, or just go to scorenorth.com and click on shows. That's Minnesota Sports Rewind. Great combination of scheme and players. They have really good players, and I think the scheme is sound. It's an attacking style that they get off the ball, that they tackle well, they play with great effort. And then the players, I mean, you could name every single one of them, but I think Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, what they bring to the table is really a a special group. That was Kevin Stefanski, Minnesota Vikings offensive coordinator. I have a football-y football question for Alex Boone, and then we'll get back into the case for the Vikings to win this game against the Eagles. Alex, um... I've been fascinated by these little graphics that people are putting out where the dots, I know, right? Where the, the they show all the players as just little dots and then kind of where they traveled on a particular play. And it's, right. uh, you know, they're gathering data from it and things like that. So it's just a cool little advancement. And something I notice on a lot of the big plays is just how often teams are running deep crosses or floods to one side of the field against cover three and right. how open people get because of this. Yeah. And last week I saw... The Giants, when they're playing zone coverages, their corners, there would be no one anywhere near them. And they're sort of standing there like, somebody might come my way. And there was one against the uh, Falcons that had me laughing hysterically. You talked about like how funny it is sometimes, the things you see on tape. The, but the little dot version was even better. Because you see the corner where there's no one around him anywhere close just go all the way out of the picture. Just like... This is no, he just keeps dropping back deeper and deeper, and they run a, a, a crossing route that's wide open. And I, I, is this not a, an advancement that defenses have made, or what is happening here that's allowing teams to hit big plays against cover three? Because I feel like the Vikings are taking advantage of this. Well, I think it's like you said, the, the, the crossing routes are so big. And I think a lot of it is the PI. Everybody's so afraid now of getting called that everyone's like, dude, we just can't do what we used to. The Richard Sherman days of grabbing guys and throwing them around. You, you can't do that because wh- what's going to happen? Someone's just going to throw out the red flag, right? Like, dude, did you not see that? Well, go look at it. So <clears throat> I think when you're talking about this, you're saying guys are giving a lot more off coverage now. Guys are giving more guys more space, which is dangerous because these quarterbacks in this league are lethal. Yeah. I mean, listen, I know you think Aaron Rodgers is washed. <laughs> that guy can surgically put the ball where it needs to be at times. And it's like, wow. If you were draped on that receiver, you couldn't have caught that any better. Look at Russell yeah. Wilson's throw to Tyler Lockett. Unreal. 
the quarter, they have to be that good. The windows are opening and closing so fast now. D-lines are getting so good that the pressure rate is dropping because they're like, dude, I can just bring four guys and it's going to destroy your offense. I'm going to drop the rest of the guys. Now your windows got even cl- tighter. And, and not only that, but now you're taking the deep threats. Like you're taking all these shots down deep. Like it's, I agree with you. And I think a lot of it has to do with a little bit of the PI. Some of it has to do with scheme. And a lot of it has to do with just good players. But don't you have to also take the chance now that the only way that they're actually, if you throw the challenge flag on a PI, the only way that's going to get overturned if it goes back to being egregious, so it's worth the chance? Because the two PIs that were challenged in the Giants game last week were both upheld, and they were very, very close, but that's what I want. If you are going to, if you're going to challenge that, to me, it has to be beyond a shadow of a doubt, an egregious PI call. So... If I'm a, a defensive coordinator or a head coach, I almost tell my guys, take the chance, yeah. And, yeah. and and odds are if the flag is thrown and you are not called, that they're not going to jump in and overturn that. Yeah, I, I think that when you're looking at last week, when you're talking about Zim throwing that red flag, yeah. at first I was like, man, what an idiot. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, that wasn't egregious. But then I sit there and I go, you know what, as a player, though, I kind of respect that because I appreciate you doing that. Like, listen, I don't agree with your stupid call, and here's why. Now I'm going to make you go look at it. I know you're right. <laughs> But you know what? Now I just stopped the game, and I'm kind of being a little brat about it. But you know what? I liked it. He admitted to As, that, by the way. Yeah. I, oh, he did? Well, I, I think it's great. I think that that's exactly what it shows. It's like, hey, listen, I don't care what's going on. I don't think that this is right. And I agree, because sometimes you've got to let them play. And there's sometimes it's like, depending on who the receiver is or depending on who the court. No, nah, man, if you're going to let them hand fight, you've got to let them hand fight the whole day. Like That's how it's got to be. And right. when you're going to look at it, I agree. It has to be egregious. But, I mean, if you ever saw Richard Sherman back in the day, some of those things were just... I mean, come on. Like, I remember Greg Roman was like, dude, this is like illegal. Somebody's going to get arrested with this. <laughs> well, they've just figured if we commit pass interference the whole game, that you can't call it every play. So that was, that was kind of like their theory. Pretty much. Seemed, that they would just be so aggressive and set the tone early. So then the referees were sort of like trying to decide oh, how much they wanted to let go. Right. Oh, they were yeah. doing that the whole game. So oh, it's no, totally that's no fine. big deal. Uh, let's let's get back to the Vikings case to beat the Eagles, Judd. Um, what, what do you think is like? Let me give you some factors here, and you okay. tell me which one would be the one that would help them the most. A would be U.S. Bank Stadium, Delvin Cook playing out of his mind as he has uh, so far this year. Mm-hmm. The Vikings defensive ends have just been monstrous. I was watching a, a little film breakdown on the Eagles website of Everson Griffin, the cross chop. Unreal, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so look at you dropping the football. I know, term. I know. Technical you, term, I know. Yeah. Yeah. How about pinning pinning that outside arm, turning the hips? Oh God, it's so good. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Alex is going to start crying if you keep this up. So stop. I'm annoyed. I am. Like, oh, you're oh annoyed. I thought you'd be like, oh man, stop so... it. No, cross the arm. What? I don't pin know. Pin the arm. You're Whatever it is. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, you're getting your technical no, term. I'm, I'm messing around, but his the cross chop is ridiculous that he does, and then the spin off of it. It's the, it's the truth. Anyway, that's how you get the guy. That's how you get him because you know when you spin the best is when you feel the offensive lineman leaning. So Ev has such a great sense of a, like to know when the offensive lineman's putting too much weight on him. So as soon as he sees that hand come and he feels it, that's it. Naturally, you spin off of it, and that's what gets the old lineman to fall down. Yeah, and it's great. It's great to watch. It's incredible. Um, so there's yep. defensive line, yep. there's just the Vikings defense in general. Um, and then the fact that, you know, maybe, uh, Stefan Diggs forcibly, um, has convinced them to pass the ball more. Which one of the, like, rank those factors for me, Jed? Okay. 
home field, I think, is huge. Because if this game was in Philadelphia, and I know that the Vikings won in Philadelphia a year ago, I would say that the Vikings have a very small chance to win. Because they're playing at home, I think it's huge. Uh, the Dalvin Cook factor, to me, is the second one. Now, now, defensively, the Vikings are great, okay? But as far as factors to win... The Dalvin Cook one is second, but let me uh, go back to something that Alex brought up after week two and tie that into Dalvin Cook and say, to me, this is the absolute key. They're going to try, I think, and and basically run an offense that's very similar to what they did in week two at Green Bay, which could have, in the end, worked if it had been done right. It was unfortunately not because of a very unfortunate play call. But what Boone brought up after that game and that didn't exist has to exist this time, the screen game. And yeah. it starts with Dalvin Cook because because they're going to try, I think, and bootleg Kirk, and I think the green that the the Eagles are going to do exactly what Green Bay did, which is run a guy straight at Kirk. Kirk tends to panic there, but as Alex said, after the Green Bay game, the problem there was there was no outlet. Yeah. So I think this time around, Cook becomes the outlet there, and that makes the difference because the screen game is going to have to masquerade at least in part. I think. As part of the run game, agreed. Now, but the question is, if you're when you're saying that you, if you're running at Kirk and Dalvin needs to be the outlet, are you saying it's a real screen, or are you saying that's your checkdown? Uh, either because there's a difference. Because if you're saying that's your checkdown, then you're saying you're not going to let Dalvin block at all. On those plays, I think you'd probably prefer he didn't. Yeah, I mean, I think you can go either way, right? You can say, "Hey, listen." Either we're going to shore up this entire problem, we're going to keep Dalvin in the whole day, or we're going to let him go out the entire day. I agree with you. I think you have to let him go out, don't you? I think that it becomes very helter-skelter. What you have to do is you have to get the quick game going quickly. Yes. Like, you cannot sit around and be like, hey, listen, I'm going to sit back here and pump this ball. Big dog, if your hand pumps at once, the sack's on you. (laughs) It either goes out of bounds or it goes to somebody. But it has to get... Because... If you're doing that, you're saying, hey, listen, we're inviting the pressure. We loved pressure down in Arizona. Carson Palmer looking at a guy straight down the barrel was one of the finest quarterbacks I've ever seen. Calmest, most composed dudes. He loved sliding away from the blitz because he wanted to see it coming at him. That way he knew, number one, it wasn't going to hit him from behind. And number two, he could throw the ball around the player. Right, like he was like, listen, this guy's an idiot. He's gonna jump. Okay, I'm just gonna sidewind it right there to smoke. He's gonna catch it and take it. I'd be like, <laughs> wow, wow. Well, we've always slid into the blitz. He's like, yeah, you guys are stupid. I was like, <laughs> All right, well, I guess we were stupid then. Now we're smart. It's like everybody has their own philosophy, but this week you go and you say, hey, listen. If I'm Jim Schwartz, and I know Jim Schwartz, I know all about Jim Schwartz. I was there with the fight. I helped start that fight. It was a great time. I'll never forget it. It would never be sorry for it. But he's one of these guys that wants to come out and be like, Zim, I'm going to show you how aggressive I am. I want to come after your O-line. I'm going to show you what you have. Good. Bring everybody. Because here comes the slant game. Here come our quick outs. Here comes everything. Sluggos, the smokes, the follows, the mesh. Everything's coming out now. Every three-step is alive. We're going to get our backs out of the field. We're going to see exactly how much you guys want to cover. We're going to make you rush all four. And we're going to slide to Fletcher Cox a lot. So whoever has Brandon Graham better bite down real hard because it's going to be a long day. 
The uh, I, I think if you told me before this game, in terms of which team I should pick, that the Vikings were going to use a lot of that stuff, that they were going to use a lot of slants, quick stuff, and three-step drops for Cousins. When he can three-step drop, hitch, and throw, he's really, really accurate. And I don't know if that means putting him in the shotgun to give him a little bit more time to do that. I think it does. I know that Jer- Jeremiah Searles mentioned that uh, last week when we had him on. He said... You know, get him in the shotgun a little bit more. Like, mix it up. It seems like they went too far the other way. Let's put him under center the whole time. Right, but your center's getting blown up, and then someone is in Kirk's face. And that's really in his vision, too, where he could see, "Uh uh-oh, my center's getting thrown aside here, and that hurries him up. I I think if you give him a little more space in the shotgun at times and mix that up and have him throw quick stuff, that that might ultimately make Philadelphia want to be a little more aggressive if you're sort of death by a thousand cuts to them, and that's where you can hit something big. I'm glad you brought that shotgun up because at that time when Jeremiah said that, I didn't really agree with it because I'm like, man, you're you're putting a lot of honus on the center, right? A rookie center, and shotgun snaps are not easy. And not only that, but you have to move out of a shotgun snap. So there's a lot going on. But what, the one thing I did enjoy out of that was if you were to do more shotgun, you could do more pistol runs. And I think that Dalvin would really be good at pistol runs because well, the difference between a pistol run and a gun run is when you run out of the pistol – Obviously, the running back's directly behind the quarterback who's in shotgun. It's like that funky formation that you see. Mm -hmm. When he runs the zone, he's naturally behind the offensive line. Therefore, all the linebackers are in front, right? Everybody knows it's zoned that way, so what does everybody do? They turn and run, but the running back's behind the quarterback. He's not running, like, they're not running to meet at a mesh angle. I'm just right here. So you're naturally slower than the old line, so everything washes by and you just cut it right back. I think that if you do more gun runs, you can do more pistol, which would might help this Dalvin Cook situation running the ball because these guys are going to be super aggressive. Get to the spot and make him do this. You know, make him hit, put his foot in the ground. Well, what if he's already naturally behind you? You're all running to the spot because you're idiots, and he just takes off the other. You know, I mean, it could be good for a couple of plays. I think if they threw it in there. And the thing with Delvin Cook is that you could do anything with him. It just it doesn't even matter. Oh, yeah. and, that, and that's what makes yeah, him fine. so dangerous. Right. And it's one of the reasons, as uh, Judd and I were talking about earlier this week, that. The standard should be really high for this Viking season is because with him playing the way he's playing, if you're not able to have success on offense, then you've got some problems with the yeah. type of talent here. Because like the thing you just described, I don't see anything that you could throw at Delvin Cook that he couldn't do. And I'm not kidding. He would naturally be good in a pistol run. But you're right. You think about teams that are like, you're like, well, you know what? It's fine. There'll be Delvin Cook. Look at Todd Gurley. He was great two years ago. He was okay last year. Eh, what are we doing? This might sound small to you guys. But but it's my firm belief that whatever you do in this game, you've got to get Cousins off to an in rhythm quick start. Oh, absolutely. Because yes. if yes. you if you decide after a quarter, well, let's adjust this or that, it <laughs> might be too late. Yeah. I I've got it, and this doesn't mean that he has to have a great guns. Oh my gosh, you know, knockdown statistically great game. But this means that I I need that first series to at least go well. If it doesn't end with the points, you yep. had to have had success because if you don't, then you guys both have seen Kirk. It, it, huh. it snowballs against him at home. Fans get impatient, and I don't think that Kirk can take that. Start small and work big. Yep. Don't show me how fancy you are. Show me how efficient you are. I'm serious. I was talking to my barber today, and he's like, yo, what's up with Rudolph? And I'm like, you know what, man? I've been thinking about Rudolph a lot. Why are they not using him more? He's a great stick route runner. Run your stick routes, get us our first downs, then we'll get everybody else involved. What is so hard about all this? Like, There's, there's so many players on this team. I'm looking at this offense, and it reminds me of the Browns. 
Like there's so many good players on the team, they just keep fumbling over themselves. And it's like, listen, stop trying to go for the shot so early and start small and work your way up. And once you get to the big level, dude, you can do whatever you want, but you have to work your way to there. You can't just go, hey, listen, first play, seventh step, we're running bang, bang. Like, dude, don't do that to us, okay? Let's just run a zone and let's kick him in the mouth. Yeah, and, and with Rudolph, your point is totally right on. Like, second and six, have him run seven yards, throw him the football. It's like That's a three-step. First, first down. Catch you know? and throw. Yep, exactly. All right, let's take a break. Come back. Uh, Declan and Jonathan have been writing down things they didn't understand about football. That Alex <laughs> there was a lot today. So I we turned like a bunch I of them. I forgot I know. about that. They, they are overwhelmed, so we're going to... Uh, we're going to go through some of those when we come back, as we do every Thursday, and get uh, get your prediction on record, Alex, for this game. Uh, so, uh, uh, <laughs> we'll be right back here on Purple Daily. Jonathan here with your Score North download, brought to you by the 2020 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Minnesota United's first ever MLS playoff match is on Sunday, October 20th, as Minnesota United does battle with the LA Galaxy at Allianz Field. Exclusive pre-sale opportunities are now available before tickets go on sale to the general public tomorrow at 2 p.m. To find out more about exclusive pre-sale opportunities, visit mnufc.com for more information. We've talked about the injury report a couple times, so here it is once again. Full practice for Linval Joseph, who did not practice yesterday for a not-injury-related issue. Other notables on that injury report for the Vikings, Josh Klein did not practice. Bradbury was a limited participant in Thielen did not practice today due to an illness. That's been your score on download. Now back to the final segment today of Purple Daily. Okay, thank you, Jonathan. All right, each week on Thursday, we have Jonathan and Declan keeping track of football terminology that Alex Boone needs to explain that comes up mm. through the two days you are on, Tuesday and Thursday. So where are we at, Declan? What do you got for Alex to explain Make it good. this week? All Make right. it, it a good. challenge. Right. Okay. I want a challenge. Or I'll beat right. you up. Alex. Yeah, Poor he will Alex. beat me up. He will beat me up. <laughs> What the, what did you say sluggos earlier today? Did yeah, I hear sluggos? A slant go. A slant go. Is that what he said? Yeah. Sluggo. Sluggo. What is that? Just slant go. Slant oh, okay. Go. You run a slant and, and you then go. You go. Okay. Go. That's pretty simple. Slug-o. I even understood that one. Uh, did I hear smokes? <laughs> what is smokes? Oh, smoke screen. Something quick right now, like a bang bang throw. Like hey, like you know how like the quarterback will put his hand in the air sometimes, like he's looking at the receiver, like yo, dude, we're doing this right. Oh, okay. About. Set hut, and then he throws him the ball. Nice. Jonathan, you got anything? I think on Tuesday you said something about taxis. Ooh, taxis, wax, trucks. Those are any time that you have. <laughs> you didn't catch them all, so I'll just throw them all out there. Yeah. They're, they, all, they all have their own little family. Like, like a taxi is different than a truck, which is different than a whack, because on a whack, the tackle has the widest, which will always be the corner. But on a truck and a taxi, he's going to have the force player, which will always be the safety coming down. And then you'll have a receiver out there blocking the corner. But it's when you pitch the ball to the running back, and you normally run it out of like a three-by-one formation, so there'll be like a diamond set. And then the tight end's blocking down. Somebody else will block down, and two guys will come around. Uh, what's a diamond yeah, set? <laughs> So there's diamond, there's emerald, there's uh, ruby, sapphire. That's what we used to call them. It's a, anytime you see three guys, they look like a triangle. I think these are Pokemon games. I was going to say, I think Alex. you're just naming Pokemon games. No, 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 because it's, it's all in the gem family because it, it looks like a diamond sometimes <laughs> and it looks like the guys, you know. And so it, the different name depended on who was the point. So if the diamond was the F was the point, but if the Y was the point, then it was emerald. But if the Z was the point, it was sapphire. Like, you get it? Oh, man. And then everybody had their own position in it. And then depending on that... We always ran out of a diamond because you want your tight end to block down or your F, and then the next guy would be the Z that would take out the linebacker, and then the two guys would come around. 
She's using more terms on purpose, uh, aren't you? That easy. <laughs> It's yeah. hard to explain without using a this term. Sounds like a like college, this sounds like a four-year college <laughs> yes, course. Uh, my last one, Dino route. You said it on Tuesday. I sent a picture of a Dino route Love to the Dino. Uh, Collier. Collier, can you post that on Instagram uh, or on uh, I can. Twitter? On Twitter, yeah, I can. Post it on Twitter. That, uh, that'll be the best way to describe a Dino route. It's a double move, and it's basically like a corner to a post. So you run the corner route, and then when the, the corner breaks to the corner, you cut back to the post. And it's a, it's a forever throw. So when you hear Dino, and you look at your center like, yo, you're sliding my way, right? Like, I, I'll give you my chips on the plane. We're good, right? All right, cool. All right, I got one more for you, Alex. Did I hear hide routes? A hide route. Yeah, I we talked about that. That's what they need to start doing out of these play actions. Like when you're running the zones or the boots, you sometimes you'll see it. The tight end will be off the ball next to the tackle. They'll snap the ball. The line goes left. The tight end goes right, and he shoots out the back end. That's always your hot route on like a naked or a boot because the defensive end can come screaming right for your quarterback. And if he does, that ball's got to come out super fast, and that's the one answer you need. And or, that's what wasn't there against Green Bay. They didn't, they didn't have, have it for like two games. games. It doesn't, yeah. and Kirk fumbles the ball. Yeah, but you know what? Who doesn't have a hide route? Like, seriously, it's like going back yeah, to grade school. One. Are we Pop Warner again? Oh. Um, Alex, if you could send that to me again. Uh, I guess my text don't yeah, go back that you. far. Send that to me again so I can tweet it out. All right, Alex, tell me who is winning this football game. We went through the cases on both sides. Home field advantage, Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson. Who do you think is going to win? I think it's going to be a really close game. I think that Thielen, whether he plays or not, is huge. But I'm assuming that he's going to play. But I still got to give the edge to Philly. I think that this defensive line and this team is, man, they're ferocious, right? They're coming off 10 sacks. And I know that's New York, but and that's whatever. But still, 10 sacks in a game, and now this team's like starting to hit stride. And they don't have Deshaun Jackson, so I'm not worried about the top being blown off. But what I am worried about is how they're going to use all these running backs. And they're going to keep trying to grind it out, and then they're going to hit them with a, on an out route or a, you know, a quick Texas route. All these things that they're going to be able to do. And it's like, man, they, they have a lot of answers. And a lot of it starts with their old line. So I'm going to say Philly 31-28. Yeah, it is worth uh, mentioning that Jordan Howard is on this team, Declan's favorite player. Oh, because man. He's, he's going to hey, Where are we at with that, by the way? The yeah. Where, 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 are, are, we? At, where well, are we at with uh, Touchdown League? Give me one second. I have a question there. since we're talking about the Touchdown League. Yeah. Am I allowed to take Teddy Bridgewater's touchdown since he's technically mm. filling in for Drew Brees? And we all love Teddy, yeah. especially me. I don't I know can, if I allow that. No. Can I, I please? That. No. No, no. Can I please accept those? Because then we got to give all the Patriots okay, receiver well, touchdowns no, to Phil because he took it. Antonio what if, Brown. What if we did have a quarterback no, exception? No, Brown's out of the league. The quarterback exception. The quarterback is the highest percentage oh, of your quarterback So now team. we're just because the oh, guy played professional football. Are you just football? saying this? No, I'm not saying this. I'm saying Where in, does the, it stop, in, in the home run league, we let Wetmore sub out one player because his guy got hurt for the full season, and it really sunk his team. Now, his team stunk anyway. Yeah, it was a but, terrible. But we My team's him, getting killed. But that's yeah. right. Yeah. Alex's I, so I'm going to say for if I say for, any, for anybody, if your quarterback goes out, that you should get the backup quarterback's touchdowns. I like that. I will even take the ba- – I mean, uh, Teddy – I love you. Let's go, baby. Come on. <laughs> this is such a suck up move by Matthew. It right really now. is. No, this I'm, is unbelievable. <laughs> Matthew's this, trying to make up for the Alex fact that he would got the never allow this I'm if saying, the shoe was on the other foot. Mr. McCoy, I'm no, saying I would. In, no, court, I would. in court, we would argue precedent. There is precedent for a much yeah, smaller, weaker man that we allowed to do this. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> the local court should be overturned by the Supreme Court. I don't like what we did with Wetmore either. All right, where, where are we at with the uh, touchdown league? All right, so Declan's sitting in front. First place, 27 oh, yes. touchdowns this season. Oh, Manny yeah. and I are tied for second at 20 touchdowns. Yeah, it's only at the Rami top. Rami comes in next, 17. 
Caller, you come in after that. And with 15, Judd and Seth are tied for 14. Alex, you are next with 11 touchdowns. Right behind you is Danny with 10. And then last place, Phil with nine touchdowns. You're doing fine then, Alex. But, You're still so in now the here's mix. my question. If I take over Teddy's touchdowns, what, he scored like, what, six or seven touchdowns? That puts oh, me towards the front of the race. It does. This, yeah. this yeah. changes the You're game, still, still, look, You're still right, looking I up my mind. the bottom. You know? You're still no, 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 up, no. We don't know. get to go back. That's I heard the gavel drop. Out. I heard <laughs> the gavel hit the drop. It made the stop. <laughs> I'm hearing the music. I heard it. That's a no route, not a go route. Hey, I want those touchdowns. It adds six to Come get him, big boy. You come over here and get him. Hey, I'll be there Tuesday. Boone, it adds six to your total, so you'll be up with Rami at 17. See? Come on. Right, every Tuesday and Thursday, Alex Boone joins us. <laughs> Threatening us. Thank you, Alex. We will see you on Tuesday, man. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. All right, and we will catch you tomorrow here on Friday. Myron Metcalf, Judd and I will be back in to say the final word on Vikings-Eagles. We will catch you then. Mackie Judd with Rami coming up next on Score North. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.